0: Greetings and welcome to Alchemy. Very good to have you on board, as always. If you're a new listener, you're most welcome as well. We're free and on demand from iTunes and Alchemyradio.net, and you can follow us and join the Alchemy community on Facebook and Twitter. We're growing all the time, and we recently reached our first kind of big milestone, 1,000 likes. It mightn't seem like that many to a lot of people, but a1,000 likes coming from nowhere, and we don't do any kind of advertising. So thank you all for getting involved. If you haven't so far, don't be shy. Say hello. We're very, very friendly. We exist, of course, thanks to your kind donations and thank you to everybody who does so via our website. We're completely non-profit and we'll be staying that way. As regular listeners will know, we are the official European media partner of the Free Your Mind conference, which is a three-day seminar, the biggest of its kind in the world. It's getting closer and closer. It takes place on April the 15th to the 17th in Philadelphia. And basically, what is it? Okay, well, top caliber whistleblowers, researchers and lots and lots of speakers from all across the world who will be shedding light upon our world's problems and bringing forward empowering solutions, spreading awareness on the topics of consciousness, mind control, subversive occult influences, holistic mind, body, spirit, health and solution oriented approaches to the problems humanity faces in these challenging times. Loads and loads of interesting speakers, and for the first time now, we've got the schedule as well. So on the first day, which is April the 15th, things kick off with Mary Sean Young, who will be speaking about Hollywood and blowing the whistle on some of what goes on there. Then it's Freeman with the Freeman Perspective, followed by Jay Parker, who's speaking on satanic ritual abuse. At 7pm there's an anarchy panel, which should be interesting, featuring John Vibes, Derek Bros, Josie Wells, Luke Rutkowski and more. Then it's Kathy O'Brien and Mark Phillips and they're followed by Ken O'Keefe, speaking about World Citizen Solutions and then an open mic night. So the second day... Kicks off with Dr. Heartstring Fellow speaking on abundance and love. Then it's David Whitehead, The Way of the Warrior. Mark Devlin is up then with Musical Truth, followed by Jamie Hanshaw with Esoteric Hollywood. Ken Rolla speaks on health in an era of biowarfare. And then today's guest on the show, Jordan Maxwell, followed by Bob Tuscan preaching to the choir. Then Mark Passio, part one, because he's up again on the Sunday. And it's a meeting of the mind speaker panel to finish off the Saturday. Then on the Sunday, Ron Searshi and Josh Rinaldi with Heart Coherence. Janice Barcello with Sex and Pornography. Raz Benz speaking on Deep Occult History. Then it's Laura Eisenhower, Max Egan, Jim Mars on Population Control and part two from Mark Passio. So that's the schedule. For more details, freyourmindconference.com. And a special mention goes today to the Truth Seeker app, which many of you may already be familiar with. I just became aware of it thanks to Richie Allen in the last couple of weeks. And Alchemy has since been added to that app. So a big thank you to Paul at Truth Seeker for that. It really is a one-stop shop for all your alternative media needs. And I strongly recommend checking it out. And in the meantime, on to the show. Alchemy. 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 This week's guest is Jordan Maxwell. Jordan is a researcher and an independent scholar in the field of the occult and religious philosophy. His interest in these subjects began as far back as 1959. He has conducted dozens of intensive seminars, hosted his own radio talk shows, guested on more than 600 radio shows, and has written, produced, and appeared in numerous TV shows and documentaries, including the five-part Ancient Mystery series. So, Jordan, it's a huge pleasure to speak to you. You're very welcome to Alchemy.
1: How are things? Well, I'm still here. Um That's about all I can say at 75 years old But I'm very happy to be on the show with you And thank you for inviting me Well it's great to have you on the show Myself and Stevie have been big
0: followers of your work For as long as we can certainly remember And I'm going to hit you with the first question Which I ask everybody when they come onto the show for the first time It's a broad and wide-ranging question And you can be as detailed or as brief as you like in your answer, Jordan But that question is How did you get from where you were to where you are now?
1: Yeah, well, I don't even know where I was, and I'm not sure <laughs> where I am now. <laughs> uh, I, I got started in doing the kind of thing I do uh, back in the uh, 60s, early 60s. Uh, I became very interested. I was um, like 18, 19 years old. And uh, I had always been, even as a child, I've always been very inquisitive about uh the hidden things, i even as a kid i I realized that the adults were not telling the young people and the children anything. They weren't telling us anything, and I knew that and uh, <clears throat> and so I always was poking around to see what I could find out that the adults were doing or up to that they didn't want the kids to know and And I was always asking questions of adults to see. How honest they would be with me, and uh, because you know I, I felt that they thought that uh, because I was a kid they could lie to me, but uh, it didn't. It doesn't work with me. I, I can I can tell when someone's sincerely telling me something, or they're just giving a kid something. So <clears throat> you know, I, I grew up knowing that there's a whole world that we're not being told that people are not the people are being kept ignorant. And um, as a matter of fact, I'll give you an an, an, uh, an example. You may have heard this before, but maybe there's others who haven't. When I was like uh, eight or nine years old, I don't know, maybe ten, I was confirmed in the Catholic Church, and uh, the the nuns told us the day before the church service that um, that the tomorrow at church at confirmation. <clears throat> The bishop will be here, and, uh, and after the confirmation service is over, she told us that uh, the bishop might possibly ask the children if they have any questions, uh, you know, because now that they're Catholics, uh, confirmed Catholics. And so she said, and so if the, ju- if the uh, bishop asks you if you have any questions, just remember, you do not have any questions. You don't ask anything. You stay quiet. And so the next day, <clears throat> which was Sunday, the big service, confirmation, and uh, this was in Florida, and uh, the bishop was there, and after the service, sure enough, he said to the children, if there's any question you children have, I'll try and answer them. And everyone knew that uh, we're not supposed to say anything. <clears throat> the girls sat on one side of the church, and the boys sat on the other. So I stood up and i said yeah i have a question i said my my father works with uh with uh, torches uh, like a welder <clears throat> and i said if if i had a torch and there was an angel standing next to me could i hit the angel with the torch and would it burn him would it hurt him and the bishop looked at me kind of strangely said i don't understand i said we're well, very simple if there was an angel standing in front of me and I had a torch. Could I hurt the angel if I hit him with the torch? And he said, well, no. And I said, why not? And and so he said, something to the effect that, uh, well, fire is a natural uh, phenomenon. You know, you, you need wood or plastic or paper or something. You can't just burn an angel. And I said, why can't you burn an angel? He said, well, because angels are spirits. We can't even see them much less burn them. And I said, well, then why am I concerned about going to hell where my spirit will burn forever if you can't burn a spirit? <clears throat> and the bishop looked at me like a, like a deer in the headlights. He had no idea what I had just said. And, uh, and everybody else started looking at each other because nobody had ever thought that deeply about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there was a young priest from Ireland, redheaded priest, and he said to me uh, he, he pointed at me and said, "You yes, yeah, sit down and shut up in front of everybody." <clears throat> so at that point, eight, 19 years old, whatever it was, I pretty well got the idea that there's a, a system here, and uh, you, you need to go with the program." Mm. And uh, I decided, from here on out, I'm not trusting anything adults tell me, period. I'm not trusting anything that anybody in authority tells me anything. I don't buy it. And uh, and, and it kind of set me on the, the road where I began to question everything. And then in my early and to mid-teens, I was questioning everything. You know, I did terrible in school. I was horrible in school. My report card looked like a Christmas tree with red Fs and Ds and... Uh, because I, I hated school, but every day after school, I would immediately hit the library near my home, and I would stay there till you know until I had to leave. And so uh, I would read and study everything. I my mind was going a hundred miles an hour, and I could not, I, I you know, I just could not put down books. I wanted to read and understand everything I could about anything that was important <clears throat> about how banks work, about how government works, what the symbols mean, what is the you know, what are the different positions of power in the world, what is the military and why. And so I started, you know, that that was that was in the mid teens and by the time I was eighteen years old when I ended up leaving home and I was in I ended up after leaving home in California. And I became, uh, I, I became, just enamored with uh, a hidden wisdom, dark stuff, people that, things that people don't know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and at 18 years old, I really jumped into uh, the fire. I started questioning everything, and uh, and the more I did, the more I found out. And it, I don't know why or how it works, but it just came to me. It was always easy for me to find dark lies, deception. And it was very easy. And then I started having other world, I call it other world experiences, spiritual experiences. Uh, and, you know, it was leading me somewhere. And so that was it. By by eighteen years old, I was totally convinced that this world is totally a lie. The entire thing is a made up by men. Humans have put together a system, and uh, the, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. <clears throat> the people are ignorant, ill informed, unread. Uh, while you know, and, and, I, and I understood even. Even in my early twenties, I understood that the words, the terms, I've been researching them for so long. And when you talk about the capitalist system, and we were capitalists, I understood the word "capital" means to uh, to um, uh, use and to uh, exploit. Capital means to exploit. You know, so you capitalize on an idea. Somebody has a, a great idea for a product. Well, you take the product, you take that idea and put some money into it and produce it, and what you're doing is you're capitalizing on somebody's idea. And so that's why we call it capitalization, you're capitalizing on it. And so uh, I understood that the, that the way the world progresses is by stealing and robbing other people of, of their work and stealing from people and... And then, you know, earlier, I mean, later, then I began to understand international espionage and how governments lie and steal from each other. And it just became obvious to me that governments of this world are just gangs. There's like the Crips and the Bloods. It's, it's just gangs. It's the British gang against the uh, Mexican gang or the, or the American gang against the Saudi gang. And so it's, uh, it's gang war. And and um, and the gangs always whoever's got the most people and the biggest guns runs the uh, runs the show. So all of that I knew early early on, eighteen nineteen years old. But I really began to get into uh, the the theological aspect of this because I always have have loved the uh, the subject of theology religion. Because I have always gone back to the beginning of everything. Anything I, 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 I look at, I want to know where it started. Where did it come from? Mm. You know And so I, it began to become obvious to me that the kings, thousands of years ago all, were not only kings of the people, but they were also representatives of God. So what is this idea of God? Where did that come from? And how come everybody crawls on their knees and, uh, and you know, crawls on their knees to God? I mean, I, all I know is that God is dog spelled backwards. So I want to understand what is this strange phenomenon where people of whole nations uh, accept an idea that's been around for thousands of years and we're still doing it. You know, the more we change, the more we stay the same. We're still worshiping the same gods they were worshiping, you know, 5,000 years ago. But I I, I realize that there is a spirituality to humans. We have a spiritual need, and that I don't have any problem with. I understand the spirituality part of, of humanity. Uh, this idea about crawling on your knees to uh, to a priest or a rabbi or, you know, holy people. There's nothing holy about humans. We're not holy. I mean, the idea is we should be trying to educate ourselves and become a little bit better, but nobody's holy. And so uh, and so. I just began to look in all the nooks and crannies and all the dark places. And the more I looked, the more I found... And now today, finally, at 75 years old, I've been all around the world. I've talked to all kinds of people, spoke before all kinds of audiences, racist arguments and uh, audiences and, uh, you know, all over the world. And and I've, I have finally, because I've been looking at the world situation for so many years, uh, intensely looking at it, studying it. I now have a a grasp on what's going on, but it is so incredibly evil, so profoundly evil, that it's frightening to me how bad off the human race really is. Because we really, as humans, we really don't know what we're doing. We haven't got the faintest idea in the world where we're going. We don't understand words and the terms and the symbols and you know, and the the words and the gods that we worship and mm. the churches we go to we don't know where the words come from and therefore that's why uh, you know we are referred to by the Jews all Gentiles are referred to by Jews as goy which or goyim which simply means cattle human cattle mm-hmm. and I think to myself well that's that's appropriate because that's exactly how we act. You know when when you go to a ball game, there's thousands of people there and they're all there drinking beer and watching the game well, that's the same thing cows do you know there's just there are thousands of them out there in the field, none of them knows what they're doing, nobody knows how they you know one, they're they they don't understand what they're doing, and they're all one, everybody thinks together, everybody's thinking together, which means nobody's thinking at all if everybody thinks the same.
2: Mm.
1: And so I've always been a loner and just uh, fascinated with how much people don't know. And, I've, and of course, this has taken me into areas which are very dangerous. Because then when you begin to find out that the government is not what you thought it is, and the, fire, and the police department and the sheriff and the courts... And the judges are not what you thought it was. And uh, you know, and big corporations don't do what you think they do. And after a while, it begins to become overwhelming and clear that nothing in this world works the way you think it does. can be very lonely when you come to that realization, Jordan. And I'm just
0: struck as you speak, because you're talking about your initial research in the pre-Internet age, which is a foreign concept to somebody like me, for example. How did you manage to get your hands on so much information at the time? Because it must have been exceedingly difficult. And then when you did come across the knowledge and uh, grew to understand it and realised what was going on around you, how would you possibly have been able to convince others if that was your your your, your raison d'etre if you like if you were looking to actually convince <laughs> others of what was going on or to open their eyes to some degree it must have been so difficult because that wasn't an era where you could just click on a YouTube video and say hey have a look at this and it might spark
1: something people no, actually right. had to go out right. and read yeah. books yeah. you know <laughs> it was not easy but I I used to write uh, letters just uh, three or four or five a day uh, to all over the world, I'd write to the Russian embassy. I'd write to China embassy. I'd write to the different countries. Uh, There's state departments in all the different countries. I'd write letters uh, as a, as a kid and as a teenager. I'd write letters and asking them questions. When, and and uh, you know putting in the letter pictures of of uh, of doc, uh, pictures of documents and and, and pictures. Um, of things I'm researching and ask them, why did you put this on the flag? What does this mean on your flag? What does that word mean in your language? And I used to get letters, and and I loved doing that. It was kind of a kick for me to write important people, write uh, oil corporations internationally. And every time I would write to a foreign country or, or a big corporation somewhere, I always got back a very courteous letter thanking me for my interest, and and I just loved that. I'm mean, here. I am getting a letter from the Chinese government, uh, <laughs> and thanking me for my kind interest in their country, et cetera, et cetera. And then they would answer my questions the best they could, and they would send me sometimes booklets or, or or photocopies of documents or whatever. And so I just loved it. I love. Communicating with the world behind the scenes. Mm. And uh, so I, I, I used to end up having boxes and boxes of letters and documents and pictures on all kinds of subjects. And I'd have all kinds of uh, folders with different subjects and then the different countries and different people uh, who were writing me about those subjects. And then, of course, uh, and of course, I I traveled. Incidentally, I began traveling, uh, in about the 80s, is when I started uh, traveling to give lectures, because I used to give uh, lectures, you know, in in uh, libraries, and ladies' clubs, and little small venues. Little groups would ask me to speak. And I would I would do that because I love talking to people about the things I'm learning, Uh, but it wasn't until about the 1982 81 82 that I started getting invitations to speak at larger larger events, and uh, so you know one thing leads to another, and then in 1989, I got uh, a series of videos made on me. Professionally done videos made on me, <clears throat> and that opened me up to the world. Because after that, I met the very important people who were. You know, I, I got an enormous response from my first radio shows that uh, I was doing back in the 80s. I started getting uh, quite a response from the people. I mean, hundreds of people uh, would write me, <clears throat> and so I, I don't know. I just that's who I am that's what I do and before I knew it I'm 75 years old and and I've been talking to people all over the world about the occult world we live in and the very word occult simply means hidden mm. and I'm just telling you everything that's of any importance for you to know is hidden and you're not going to know it you don't learn it in school <clears throat> you don't go to college to learn what I'm talking about uh, you Adults, well first of all The adults are not going to tell you Because they don't know That's been my big, big point That I've always been concerned about Is that children are not being taught anything And the reason why Is because their parents don't know anything And I think not only do the parents not know But the
0: parents (laughs) don't like the kids to know That they don't know So quite often they send them in the wrong direction Completely as opposed to just saying I don't know
1: that's exactly right. Give them an excuse. and Tell them, just go out and play. Just go out and play ball. Go, 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 to, you know, go do something. Get out of here. And so then the children grow up, and they get married, and they have children, and they don't know anything. And leave it alone for 100 years until now the nation has an IQ of 40. Nobody knows anything. Nobody questions anything. And, every, and of course, when you're ignorant, and you're in the presence of highly intelligent people, you know it. So therefore, you're you're you know you're a coward. You can't you can't stand up to them because you don't know what's going on to start with. And so it's always better to just sit and watch TV and drink beer and, and, and entertain yourself at the ball game and don't worry about it because you can't do anything about anything anyway. So just and that's and then once that grips the nation and once that grips the whole country. Uh, Now you're talking about the coming of fascism, totalitarian gang wars, all kinds of of power structures by the people who are smart. And so I'm just amazed how much the people of this world do not know what's right in front of them. I mean, it's so outrageous that once you begin to see how much the human race has been lied to. It's just appalling that uh, you know millions and millions of people, uh, for instance, go to church. Christians of all kinds, all kinds of Christian, Protestant, Catholic, and all the cults and all the different groups of Christians all over the world, and they all go to church, uh, never ever suspecting where the word "church" comes from. And, and they think it sounds very holy, a the, the meeting place for Christians. No, that's not what it means. If you go back to the dictionary, which very few people are even thinking about doing, go back and look up the word church and where it comes from and what it means, and you'll be shocked. You will absolutely be shocked when you find out what the word church really means. And, of course, the churches will tell you, oh, well, that just means ecclesiastical. It just means a a holy place where people go to worship. No, no, no. No, that's not what it means. You start looking at the word church, then look at the word faith, then start looking at the word God, and start examining the words, the terms, the symbols. When you walk into a church, walk into a synagogue, when you walk into a mosque, look at the symbols, the stuff on the wall, listen to the words that are being used, <clears throat> and believe me, it will it's a frightening uh, when you begin to see what's really going on here. It's a web. It's a web of deceit and lies and trickery, and it works beautifully. Why? Because people are ignorant and, uh, and ill-informed, and uh, they're easy to be deceived. And the worst part, like you said, most, uh, I'll let you in on a secret, something I have learned. It took me many, many years to learn the secret. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you in your audience uh, people all over the world are the same men and men, women and women, children and children, period. But people all over the world uh, will support and with money and, and every other way. People around the world will support what they want. They will not support what they don't want.
2: Hmm.
1: Very simple. So people will support the grocery store or, the, or the, uh, the restaurant that they like to go to. They're not going to go someplace to eat and pay money where they don't want to go. Uh, people will uh, buy clothes that they want to wear. not you know, They're not going to buy clothes that they, they don't want to wear. And if you love, say, if you love rock and roll music, you're not gonna pay money to go to an opera. Yeah. And, uh, and so people will pay money and support what they want. They're not gonna support what they don't want. And if there's one thing in this world that, that history has taught the human race that people, generally speaking, don't want, and that is the truth, they don't want the truth, they want the lie. <clears throat> and that's why even in the Bible, the uh, <clears throat> the story in the Bible about uh, Jesus and Barabbas, and if you remember that uh, story where <clears throat> the emperor uh, uh, of the government brings the two prisoners out <clears throat> and says to the people of the city, uh, every once a year i'm allowed to release one prisoner to you. This is in the New Testament and it says and and he goes on to say uh, two prisoners here. one is Barabbas on my left, and everybody knows barabbas is a is a thief, a con artist, a scumbag criminal. everybody knows that in the whole city. everybody knows who he is <clears throat> and then on the right. Uh, I have Jesus, who is uh, bringing the truth and the light. So which one do you want? And the scripture says with one voice, the entire town spoke with one voice and said, give us Barabbas. Well, symbolically, what that is saying, symbolically, not history, it's a symbol that when people gather together at a ball game, football game, at a church, <clears throat> town hall meeting, when the people are gathered together and they have a choice between lies, deception, criminality, or the truth and the light, they will always, and I mean always choose the dark, the criminal, the, the, the dirty, because they don't want the truth in the light. So give us Barabbas. Meaning, give us the uh, give us a criminal. We love criminals. We'll vote for them. We'll give them our money, and they tell us all kinds of wonderful things they're going to do for us. And then they then they deceive us and screw us into the ground and rip us off and take everything. But we're going to have another guy come in next year, and he's going to help us. He's going to make it right. So give us that criminal now, and that criminal is going to fix it. And then that criminal rips them off and. and And screws them over again and then, well, you know, next year we're going to vote in a better criminal. They never ever, people of all nations have never, they're not now, and they never will be interested to hear the real truth. That's something you can't deal with. There's the actual, provable, factual, de jure truth. That's one thing people don't want to hear. The real truth is scary. It's frightening. And when you begin to really see it, it takes many years to look at things and begin to really perceive them deeply, what's going on. That's why all over the world, people would much rather just go to their church and go to their synagogue and go to their, their religious service or whatever and uh, drink their beer and entertain themselves and go to their ball games because that's where everybody else is at. All your friends are out at the ball game, all your friends are over at the pub, all your friends are over there watching this and going here and going there. <clears throat> and so that's the way humans are. We're gregarious, we like to be among our friends, we want to be loved by our friends and appreciated. So we go with our friends, we don't care about the truth, we want to be happy with all of our friends and, you know, buy all the bullshit. And so uh, that's, you know, it's, it's too bad. But there's a, and then, of course, like the Bible says, once an individual decides, he doesn't want to be with the group anymore. <clears throat> well, the scripture says, remember when, you know, what they've done to me, they will do to you. And so now you're going to be persecuted by by your friends they're not going to want to talk to you they want nothing to do with you why because you're different you're not like us and so there's a there's a war going on for the minds of men and most people do not have the character they don't have the human character to stand up for truth and uh, so anyway I've, I've lived that life for so many years I've come to the point I don't care anymore I just tell people the truth whether they want to hear it or not
0: And I think that's all you can do because people have to make their own decisions. um, Of course. And and whether it's the conscious or the subconscious mind controlling those decisions, there's nothing as a third party anybody else can do or as an external force anyone can do about it. And I I was struck when you were speaking there, Jordan, about how people feel they have to do what it is that their friends or their contemporaries do. And I have quite a lot of conversations, obviously, with my peer group. And I would have very different interests to a lot of my friends that I grew up with and uh, people in my area. And, for example, I don't watch television. Mm -hmm. Quite often, my friends will say to me, well, do you not feel like you're missing out? Or I don't necessarily go out uh, drinking, that kind of thing as well. But do you not feel like you're missing out when you don't do it? And the general consensus seems to be, well, I'm missing out because I'm not doing what everybody else does. But I flip it on its head. And I actually think that the people who consistently live for a TV show or going out and getting drunk at the weekend or whatever it might be well to me they not in all cases but quite often are the ones who are missing out because there's there's no internal nourishment there there's no kind of long term picture of what you want to be yourself or what it is that your your chosen path is it feels like it's a path chosen by somebody else and it's something I rejected quite early as well and tried to follow my own path and you very much in your early life and continuing on right up to now have always done that and there's a question I've been dying to ask you since I first heard you speak Jordan years ago and it's with regard to the issue of fear we all know that the powers that be or the powers that shouldn't be and the control system if you want to call it that <coughs> rely on fear to do the work that they do are you immune to fear because some of what you've uncovered over the years Jordan is just mind-blowing and dangerous information if you are somebody who is looking to espouse the control system's view of things so have you ever been fearful of what might happen to you Allah? the story that you've just told us about Barabbas and Jesus I mean do you ever think that you might be the one who will have Barabbas released in front of you while you kind of meet your demise so to speak or is that something that bothers you?
1: No, it bothers me terrible. I live my life in fear. At 75 years old, I live in absolute uh, morbid uh, fear. I, I, I'm frightened to death to be alive right now uh, because I know that there, that there are people in power who know that I know mm-hmm. and people in power who know what I know. And, uh, and I am a threat to this entire world system because I've spent at least 60 years uh, intensely studying all the dark lies and all the darkness of the world and the symbols and the terms and the words and, and how the system really works, not how you thought that worked, but how it actually works. Banks don't do what you think they do, the police department is not there to do what you think it does Um, churches are not what you think they are the the synagogue is not what you think it is, nothing in this world is what you think it is and when you finally begin to suspect there might be something going on Hollywood makes movies about that kind of thing like body snatchers and And all these uh, sci-fi movies about people who are sucked into some kind of a conspiracy around them. And they don't realize it. They don't know how they're being sucked into something that they don't understand. Well, that's exactly what's going on. People are being sucked into religions, into political groups, into social groups. uh, You know, even things which appear to be very uh, mild and not threatening at all boy scouts girl Girl scouts and little things like that and then you come to find out no actually these little these uh, groups that supposedly are are helpful and nice groups are actually owned and operated and dreamt up and operated by powerful criminal organizations around the world I mean when you find out that the uh Christian world the Christian churches of the world have a uh, missionary services where they send out missionaries around the world for Christianity and then when you find out uh, that the oil companies the big oil companies of the world are financing Christian missions all over the world that's where the churches are getting the money is from the oil corporations and from the big international corporations. They donate huge sums of money to churches around the world to, for missions. And, uh, and the reason why is very simple because um, when you know, when the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses and any of the other groups and uh, uh, churches are sending out missionaries, those missionaries are influencing the people of that country they're going to and the people of the country are now becoming uh, you know starting to think like the missionaries are teaching them and before you know it are, there's a friendship there and little by little the friendship grows until now all the people in in a certain country are now accepting the ideas that the missionaries are bringing to them and therefore you know now the uh, the corporations can move into that country and little by little by little, over a period of a hundred years, <clears throat> a country will become a whole different country, a whole different place, accepting all brand new values and uh, the oil companies can now move in because now nobody's afraid of them they're they're, they're just good people like the uh, the missionaries uh, and so then one day you find out a country. That was a, a, a particular bloodline, or a particular kind of people, have totally changed. Now they've got um, WalMarts and Sears and and, uh, <laughs> and McDonald's, and little by little things are changed. But it's very clever the way the oil companies and the big corporations have done that, so that today all over the world, American companies and British companies, uh, you know, are operating in all kinds of countries. And nobody seemed to figure out how did that happen well it's the it's the big corporations are financing the churches. and so you know and then when you look at you know i I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a, there's a you know, what am I trying to say the Islamic, the Muslim world is a company, it's a corporation
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a uh, and even in even in England on the British stock market. They have uh, uh, Islam Incorporated, it's a company. It's just a corporation, it's a company. It's just like America. It, all of these big churches, synagogues, mosques, they're all corporations, it's a business. It's the control of people, uh, it's control of money, it's the control of thinking of, of the whole country. It's business. It's, it's uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it's criminality at the very top to control. You control a country by frightening everybody that the, uh, the, the God is going to get you. You have to join this church and be a part of this, uh, this mosque or we'll cut your head off. And so eventually the whole country has accepted uh some religion. Now that religion, in order to keep it uh to keep it intact and keep people frightened, uh goes to war against another religion. But the people of the religions of the world that are fighting each other, it never occurred to anyone that somebody is behind all of this. Somebody is promoting, you know, in America and I'm sure it's the same thing around the world, uh, in America, when you have the big uh, the big heavyweight championship fights in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. you have the big main fights, uh, you have to have uh, a fight promoter. You have to have somebody who is very, very clever at picking the two guys who are going to fight each other, and then they've got to find a place to hold the fight. That's going to cost a lot of money. Then you've got to pay the insurance on the place. And then you've got to pay the two fighters and then you've got to pay the security and the police department to pay all the, the fines and all the fees to the city to, to hold the fight. So it costs a lot of money and there's a lot of work to put together a big major league fight, uh, you know, some major. But the problem, but the point I'm making is that you need a fight promoter. You need somebody who makes it all happen, brings it all together and sets up this big fight. Why? because it's maybe costing him a million dollars, but he's gonna make 500 million. Yeah. And so, it's a, you know, you're promoting the fight to make money. And it's a business. Well, that's exactly what the war is going on today around the world. It's a war, it's, it, the war is a business. It's just a big business in which a handful of people are making incredible amounts of money Uh, And then there's a whole, then there's another facet to this story that most people have never thought about, and that is that there's a connection, and I'm not going to get into it deeply, I'll just give it to you and you can think about it, do some research on your own, Uh, there's a connection between war and bloodshed and money, and, and not in a way that you think, not just because people are making money off of war, no, money has to have bloodshed to make it valuable you have to make money valuable by bloodshed there's a young lady there's a two or three people out there that are very knowledgeable on this subject one is one a young, young lady named uh, uh, Tracy Twyman T-W-Y-M-A-N uh, T-W-Y-M-A-N and I think it is Tracy Twyman you need to listen to her. She's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, She's been involved in all kinds of demonic stuff and all of these different cults, but she's very knowledgeable and very interesting to listen to. But I I, I was hearing her a long time ago, and I still listen to her. She's talking about how in the occult world, the demonic world, that bloodshed is required. You know, Unless you shed blood, nothing is, is happening. So you've got to shed blood to make the money valuable. And uh, so human life and bloodshed is required uh, to, in, the, in the system to make the, uh, the government strong, to make uh, money valuable. It's a really dark and deep demonic secret about how governments work.
0: And is that uh, from a point of view of something sap- sacrificial, Jordan, or yes, is it yes. okay? That's so exactly it's right. so it's it's something symbolic as
1: opposed to literal. It's symbolic, and it's a, uh, it's a sacrifice, absolutely, and that's very big. That very word, sacrifice, and uh, you've got to sacrifice humans around the world. You've got to sacrifice humans because the spirit world, what we call the demonic the devils, demons, uh, I don't care what you call it, all the nations of the world talk about the great, the dark spirits and the dark side, the dark forces. Well, in point of fact, there is a dark force on, on the earth. It's not of this world, and it's very, very evil. But what it requires for for that dark spirit force to to protect your money and to protect your country and to promote you and to feed you in your in your uh, operation, they require that dark side requires bloodshed. It's a it's a ritual, and so that's why we t- we hear stories about people who have sold their soul to the devil to to make a lot of money and to be famous. But and there's a lot of people in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm who have in fact taken part in rituals to in fact sell their soul to the dark side and over and overnight they become very very wealthy become very famous and become very successful why because they made a deal with the real powers of this world which are dark powers which are unseen which are demonic And that's why even in the scriptures it says the whole world is lying in the power of the wicked one. It doesn't say the whole world except uh, Alabama or the whole world except America. No, the whole world of mankind on the earth, period, is in the hands of a dark and profoundly evil power, which, uh, you know, killing and murdering has nothing to them. The people who run this planet from behind the scenes care nothing about human life. It's all about power. And, uh, and so <clears throat> this is why major religions are using symbols directly out of black magic, devil worship, symbolic devil worship, all kinds of stuff. I mean, people, uh, the Jews are using the, uh, the six-pointed star, the hexagram. And, uh, and but not realizing, you know, in the ancient Babylonian times, thousands of years ago, uh, they would draw on the ground uh, a triangle and then they would draw a, a reverse triangle through the first triangle. Now you've got two triangles on top of each other and that's six pointed star. And a six-pointed star, we call it today the Star Star of David. Now, Mm -hmm. it's not the Star of David because there was no David. But but it's called the Star of David. No, actually, if you look in the encyclopedia, do something really different. Go to a library and look in in a reference book, encyclopedias, and it will tell you that the six-pointed star is not the Star of David. It was used by the ancient Hindus. Thousands and thousands of years ago, and they got it from <clears throat> somewhere else. And that is actually the star representing the planet Saturn. Saturn's star. It's called the Saturnian star. And so the Jews are actually today walking around with a six-pointed uh, star they call the Star of David. No, it's a hexagram. A hex is Six. So a hexagram. So as I said, uh, I got off the subject, but what I was saying is that you draw on the ground two triangles interlaced. Then you draw a circle around that six-pointed star, and you stand inside that six-pointed star, and you cast spells on people. And that's where we get the idea of putting the hex on you because it's a hexagram. So the Jews are running around the world with the hex. On them, and then when you find out the hexagram is actually on the planet Saturn, a lot of people don't know that the north, the north pole of Saturn, is an enormous hex <clears throat> symbol on the top uh, on the north pole of Saturn. What does that have to do on the actual planet of Saturn? Go on the web and just put and and go to image and type in hex on Saturn. Star of David on Saturn, and it will show you the Cassini, uh, the the uh, you know the, the probe that went out and taking pictures of the planets. When it passed by Saturn, it took pictures and it took pictures of the north pole, and there is the six pointed star, or the hexagram. And uh, nobody knows how that got there. It's enormous, It's far bigger than the Earth uh, on Saturn. And therefore, now you begin to see that the God of the Hebrews, the God of the Hebrews is is, uh, is Yahweh, Yahweh, the four the four uh, letters that represent the word, and the name of God in Hebrew, is Y H W H, uh, Yahweh. And then you find that Yahweh is connected to Allah, Allah, and Yahweh are the same God. Um, Just Hebrews call it Yahweh, and the Arabs call it uh, Allah. And it's connected to the planet Saturn. Saturn is the inhibitor. It holds you back. So anything that that has the ability to inhibit you, which means uh, the police department, the the, uh, government, uh, jails, prisons, the government, uh, mafia, organized crime, anything that has the power of an armed forces that, uh, you know, that can uh, hold you back and put you in jail or harm you is called Saturnian that's Saturn so Saturn was always called the god the, that was holding you back uh, he's the teacher that's teaching you a lesson and so uh, he was the inhibitor, well the Jews said that uh, they're going to worship they are worshipping Saturn And in the ancient Babylonian language, the planet Saturn was called Shabbath, S-H-A-B-B-A-T-H. In the old ancient Babylonian language from thousands of years ago, the planet Saturn was Shabbath. Again, S-H-A-B-B-A-T-H. And so to worship that planet, Shabbath, is called Sabbath. So, therefore, we're told to keep the holy day, and uh, that's the Sabbath. Sabbath is the worship of the planet Saturn, the God who inhibits, who holds you back, who is the power behind wars and violence in the police department and, and the military and the mafia and the underworld. That's the God you're worshiping, Saturn, on your Sabbath. And, and the so symbolism today, is
0: hidden in it, plain sight. I'm sorry to yeah. interject there, Jordan, because I mean, if you look at so many symbols, be it uh, with corporations or even governmental symbols, the one that springs to mind, for example, for listeners in the UK, is the symbolism of the metro or the underground uh, railway, which is quite clearly Saturnian symbolism. You look at, say, the Nissan car company, it's very clear the rings around Saturn, Nike's symbolism, um, and then, of That's course, right. we, we, we have the black cube symbolism as well. Can you Tell us a little bit about that and how the black oh, cube yeah. equates to the hexagram or yeah. Uh, the hexagon. Yeah, That's a, a
1: very interesting subject about the black cube, the black square. Uh, that is a symbol for the planet Saturn. The, the Saturnian influence in the universe symbolically to the ancient peoples was a black square. And, uh, and that's why stop signs in America are actually a black square Uh, Which you have to see a lot of this to understand how it works. But um, the black square, yeah, when uh, you know our our educational system is based on uh, and our financial system is based on the uh, on the Jewish law, the old ancient uh, law of the Jews gives America, I don't know about the rest of the world, probably in Europe too a lot of our law and education comes from the Jewish uh, Old Testament times mm-hmm. and, uh, and so therefore in the Catholic Church, this is a Catholic symbol uh, you know when you graduate from, from college or university or high school you wear a square martyr board normally they're usually black square martyrboard. board And people call you when you you know the the kids that drop out of school call the kids that get uh, go to college they call them a bunch of squares. Why? Because they're wearing the square mortarboard on their head, the black square. And uh, and so in Mecca, of course, the Islamic uh, religion is worshiping the black square Saturn, uh, the same God as uh, as the Jews. It's uh, it's an extraordinary story of all the hidden symbols in religion, government, and the people. People are like, uh, unfortunately, it's true. People are like cattle; they just go, you know, go with the flow. Everybody's going to the church today, so everybody's going to go. Everybody's going to see this movie. Everybody's got to see it. Everybody's got to see the parade. Everybody's got to do this. And so the humans are very easily to put into groups and then put those groups against each other. Uh, let me give you an example. I as, as, a, as an American white man, if I were in Africa uh, and I got thrown into prison, well, 99 and nine percent of everybody in that prison in Africa are black, except me. I'm white in a black prison. The smart thing for me to do is for me to cause trouble among the black population in the prison. Mm. Telling one black guy what, what this other black guy said about your mother, and now they are fighting each other. Then I tell another black guy something uh, that this other guy said, and before I know it, before you know it, I've got all kinds of fights going on in the prison. Uh, uh, the, the presidents are fighting each other why? because they're leaving me alone so that's the best way to leave me alone is if I get you to fight your brother, your friend and, and so that's what England has done England has gone all over the world and caused wars in countries and it's a, it's a whole system America's in part of this America and England are part of this where we go into a country and we cause something to happen, where the people will now stop fighting themselves, and then we and then we get out quickly. We slip out at two o'clock in the morning. We we slip out of the country, and now there's a whole war going on in the country that we started. That we go in and say, well, yeah, you know, we can't have this. We've got to we've got to do something about this. So <clears throat> we will come in and put this this bloodshed down. And, uh, and make everything right. No, we're the ones that caused it. And so I remember many years ago when, when the war in Israel, that uh, six day war, and somebody said, well, Israel's the only friend we have in the Middle East. And, some, and the other guy said, yeah, but before there was an Israel, we didn't have any enemies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have any enemies until Israel moved in. And so the whole idea is, is you need to look at the world that we live in as gang wars. The different gangs are up against each other for power, for money, for control. And uh, this goes all the way back in the uh, thousands of years ago. And But it's, it's it's only until you finally, finally see it what it really is, and then what's really incredible, once you begin to see the real story about how the world works, the thing that was the most uh, incredible to me is how, how many uh, so-called intelligent, educated, intelligent people will easily form themselves into the group. Very highly intelligent uh, men and women with educations will, sim- because they're human and because they haven't got the faintest idea in the world what's going on, they end up in, in all kinds of, of organizations, you know, military, they're all wearing their, their military garb. All the militaries wear the same identical thing, they all wear uniforms. Why? Because the, the government wants uniformity. Mm. Everybody needs to wear the uniform, you know, so, and you need to wear the same badges. I don't care if you're in Russia or in China or in America. You have to have the same lapel badges. You have to have the same kind of hat. You have to have the same colors. Every, it's uniform. That's why it's called the, the uh, uniform commercial code of the world. Everything is uniform. It's a business. All governments, all military, all armies, navies. You know, the, the very word navy comes from the church, the Catholic church. The body, the very body of a church. When you walk into the church, the body of a church is called a nave, N-A-V-E, from which we get the word Navy. And this is why, you know, the Holy Sea, uh, the, the Vatican is called the Holy See. The Holy See is the seat of power. What is the seat of power? The sea, the water, maritime admiralty, uh, all kinds of dark, strange connections with words and terms and government, military and police and banks and insurance companies and God knows, once you begin to look at this and realize that for the past, say, 8,000 to 9,000 years, this world system has been perfecting itself, mutating, evolving, uh, picking up new ideas, new clever ways of saying things, new terms and words, and uh, perfecting their, their criminality, so that today the whole world is lying in the power of the demonic period this is why all over the world there's violence bloodshed marriages breaking up people are on drugs uh, you know alcoholism gang wars uh, you know biker gangs killing each other people racism all these uh, incredible things which are going on on the human race It's purposely being done to keep the people occupied. So, I know that. I learned it a long time ago when I was like 18 years old. I finally figured it out. And so I've been trying to awaken people to the fact that nothing in your world is what you think it is. You've been had. You've been lied to, tricked and deceived. And all kinds of important people who have, you know, people are very, quick to be influenced by other people who look like they're very successful
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and so you know when you you know when you see somebody who's running a politician some prime minister and he looks very handsome and very well dressed and speaks well oh he's, he's too he's like a movie star no he's just another actor on the stage that's why in America we see, we we pass our laws by an act of Congress. Yeah. Yeah, it's an act. And in war, we uh in, in any time in America when, when we have, when we're involved in a war, <clears throat> the places where we're fighting were called theaters, like the Pacific Theater of War or the Atlantic Theater, or America when the Second World War was in the European theater. Theater. It's a it's a show. And then you find out the same people who are financing uh, on one side are financing the other. It's a show. And uh, it's just, a, it's just an, incredible, uh, an incredible situation of how the human race is being played for fools. And quite and, often it's you know, done with language. Isn't that correct, Jordan?
0: Because I'm fascinated by the etymology um, of yeah. so much around us. And when I started to study bits and pieces of the law, so much suddenly opened up to me with regard to the general world around us and how words actually have completely different meanings to what we may think they are and the power that words have and one of the most fascinating words for me of all is spelling I mean a collection of letters (laughs) which spell a word and then people who will turn around and say well magic isn't a real thing well What do we cast with spells when we're creating magic? It's spells or spelling. (laughs) And what would you have to say then about the magic of words and how they manage to obfuscate what's really going on through the language we use every day of the week?
1: Oh my God, that is a subject that'll just blow your mind. It'll blow your mind when you find out the very English. English is a designer language. It Mm. was designed purposely. English is is connected to a lot of other languages. But what we don't know about English is that it is a designer language. It was purposely designed. The words are purposely put together and spelled to give you a particular kind of understanding. That's why in Japan or Oriental countries, they don't understand the way we think and we don't understand the way they think because they think differently about things because of their language. And so in English, it was designed purposely during the early Middle Ages. It was being put together in, by the monks in the, in the monasteries and the, and the uh, elites, uh, the gangsters of the elites were financing the study of language and words and terms and so they designed a language called English, uh, and and it gives you a particular viewpoint of the world. And now it's being foisted upon the whole world to learn English. Why? Because English is the language now of the elites, uh, and <clears throat> that's a whole different subject. That's a whole different, you know, subject too. But you're right, words. Uh, William Henry's, um, you know, taught me one thing that uh, you put an S in front of the word word, and it becomes sword. And words are like a sword; they can cut you and kill you. Mm-hmm. And so, words are very important. And when you get to, you know, you you go to a bank, and uh, where do you, you know, where do you find a bank? Well, everybody has their money in a bank. Well, where do you find a bank? On banks are on both sides of a river? Yeah. It's called a river bank. And what does a river bank do? It directs the flow of the currency. Uh-huh. Because your money is the cash flow, the liquid asset. And, and since you are 80% uh, water, your body is 80% water, you are a maritime admiralty product. You came out of your mother's water. You came down the birth canal, and you are, and you come out into the world from water. So water is Mara, M-A-R-I. <clears throat> you know, you have mermaids M-E-R, or M-A-R, Mara, or Mer is water. So uh, you have mermaids M-E-R. And, uh, and where, where are mermaids in the water? Well, water is enchanting. We call it the enchanting sea. And so you put the water of the enchanting sea, and there's been some songs written about the enchanting sea of water. And they put the water with the enchanting sea in because mer-chant.
0: And even oh, if you look oh. at French, where so much of this comes from as well, la mer yeah. M E R is the sea, and mer,
1: mere M E R E is is mother. You know, I mean, there's that that's water right. link again. That's right, and that's why Jesus' mother was Mary M A R Y, no M A R I, not M A R Y. And then, of course, you know, when you get into religion and all the secret codes in religion, <clears throat> uh, I, I I don't know. It's just I don't even know where to start because I've been looking at the dark side for well over 60 years now, and I can tell you that that uh, it's such a huge story about words and terms, corporations and business, and all over the world, people are doing business, one company with another internationally around the world, money is changing hands people are at war it's an incredible uh, display of what's going on on the earth but nobody very very few people uh, you can count on one hand really understand how this world works and uh, that very word you know I've, I've said this and you probably have heard it I'll say it again if you had giving you an example. If you had a two-story building and you were going to put a lot of weight on the second floor upstairs before you do that, like printing presses and automobiles and something really heavy up upstairs, the first thing to do is go downstairs with a building inspector and get on a ladder and look and remove the ceiling tiles from the first floor and see if that floor is going to hold that kind of weight before you go putting weight on that floor. So what you're doing is you're standing under the 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 thing you're going to build on. You're standing under the platform you're going to build on. So that's where we get our word understanding. Hmm. So if you don't go down beneath the surface in the dark, dark secrets down below that you don't know anything about, that you don't understand how the world works. And then you begin to see how wars and famines and and all the catastrophes going on—it's all man-made. All you know, television, uh, televisions, uh, in- international communications. Um, it's, it's really uh, strange and very very frightening to me because I know I don't suspect or think I know that the human race as as a as a as a people as a people on the on the earth, we cannot extricate ourselves out of the mess that the earth is in. you know we have all these people talking about there's going to be a wonderful day where we get peace and prosperity and then the new age of Aquarius is coming. All of that is bull. Anybody who understands uh, theology and astronomy and especially astrology and understands it correctly knows that the age of of, uh, Aquarius is at least 400 years away yet. We're not even near uh, Aquarius yet. Uh, But when it does get here, according to the best minds on the planet who understand this kind of uh, thing— Uh, uh, the age of Aquarius is going to be horrible it's going to be an absolute horror to the whole world of mankind but happily mankind will not see it they won't understand it because between now and 400 years from now when it gets here uh, the people will have been so programmed and so propagandized and programmed and mutated that's that's something that's going on right now the human race is being mutated And evolved, and we got stuff now called, uh, uh, what is the foods? When they're messing with the foods, they're calling it GMO, genetically modified foods. Well, what you don't know is that the genetically modified foods is, is part of a program. It's not just to genetically modify food. The program is called transhumanism. Go back to the library and read about transhumanism. And then you will see that there's, from as far back as 1900, there were people in this world, brilliant people, who were planning to, to change the whole human creature, the whole human race on the earth. And they were going to mutate. The human people, human on the earth, so that they would be uh, more agreeable to work uh, like a horse, work all day long for a sh- little sugar cube. They're not going to have a, they're not going to have uh, a, 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 um, a union. They're not going to ask for more money if you if you completely change the human creature. And so they started back in the 1890s, 1900, something called transhumanism, where they're going to change a whole human race from being what they were for thousands of years to a new kind of creature, and they're called a new man. And the Russians, communism, that was a big word, a big term in Russian communism, was the, they were building the new man. Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany was always talking about the new race, the new man. And then, of course, the, there are many Jews in the world who have the last name new man, like Paul Newman. And uh, it's the, the very concept of a new man is to genetically modify the whole human race into a different kind of human creature 400 years from now. And so that's what we're now getting genetically modified food because they're genetically modifying the human body, the human mind. That's part of something far bigger. Look up the word transhumanism. You will finally understand what your government is doing to you. And what do you think the
0: end game is then, Jordan, with regard to that? Do you think that maybe it's, you mentioned all four entities a little bit earlier on, do you think maybe they're harvesting our energy as some kind of sustenance or do you think it's power for
1: power's sake?
0: I don't think it
1: has anything to do with power for power's sake at all. I think it has to do with other world, with a demonic presence. Uh, I don't know what is really out there, but I know there's something out there. I mean, the government knows there's something out there. Uh, We're seeing too many examples of UFOs and alien stuff going on. Well, all the religions of the world have been telling you about demons and devils and poltergeists and spirits and ghosts and sons of God and uh, the djinns. Uh, you know, all religions in the world recognize that there is a higher spiritual presence on the earth that is demonic depravity, it's evil <clears throat> and it's driving the human race crazy well I think that's where the real answer is to why all of this is going on it's because there is a higher power around uh, the earth uh, that that is actually the hidden power of the earth, and um, it has all the power, all the knowledge. It understands the technology. Uh, you know, we call them angels, or demons, or devils, or whatever you want to call them. But whatever they are, they are. Uh, they know who we are. They watched us evolve. They watched us, who we are, how we act. And so, I think it is a, a higher dark evil presence that is uh, leading the whole entire world into a whole new kind of existence and the humans are like animals as we said before so we just go along with it we just do whatever we're told whatever the governments tell us to do never realizing that the powers behind the government are demonic not of this world Uh, satanic! I don't care what word you use, satanic, uh, you know, they are divine powers behind the political powers. And people in the political, uh, high up in political power know that. They know they're being led, but they also know you don't mess with it. Whatever that dark force and that dark power says do, you had better do it because you're dead who care who you are president of the united states they'll whack you immediately so uh, the people in power around the world know that this is a this is a very dangerous situation and so i always i mean my feeling about it is just my opinion but i look at america and i think well I, even at the whole world not just my country but the whole world is like the entire world in my opinion is like a kindergarten And the people who own and run the kindergarten is hell's angels. So we're all in a kindergarten. We're all ignorant, ill-informed, dim-witted, self-centered, egotistical, stupid, uh, uh, ill-informed, unread. And we all think that we're in charge of something and we're all important and everybody's important and in charge of something, never realizing for the moment, never realizing the powers that are over the human race are the most de- bi- diabolical, absolutely demonic depravity. And that's why even the Bible says the whole world is lying in the power of the wicked one. I mean, Christianity is, uh, if nothing else, has got that right. The entire earth is in the hands of the dark side, Period. But what is the dark side? Oh, well, that's a whole new story. What is religion? What is God? And how do you break all of that theology down and and understand it correctly? Uh, who are these angels, demons, poltergeists, djinns? Who are they? Where did they come from? Now you're looking at a whole new subject. and It has got anything to do with religion. Now it has to do with the real story about how... Our Earth is run where the real powers are. It's an incredible story, and it's frightening when you get into it because you're going to find out what I have found out, and others who other people who have also done the same kind of research come to the same conclusion. The whole human race is being controlled in such a way that we are, we are so stupid and self-centered and egotistical to think that we are smart And we're clever, and everybody else isn't. And I come to find out, no, no, there's a higher power in the universe that is driving the whole human race into the ground, destroying us from all different ways, from poisons to wars to religion. And and I don't know. I just don't see any way out because the people are too ignorant, ill-informed. They don't want to hear it. Give us Barabbas. We don't want to hear all this truth and light. So it's, it's, I don't know what to say about it. I just know I'm watching the whole world go under. And I'm watching people all around the world in wars and violence and bloodshed and still worshiping God. I mean, pe- nobody seems to realize you got Christians and Jews and, and Islamic people all over the world uh, praying to God. You know, for protection, for guidance, uh, you know, for a better life and praying. And the more they pray, the bigger the wars get. <clears throat> the more Christians pray, the more, uh, the more evil and dark and criminal the world becomes. And everybody's praying and while the whole world is going down the tubes. What does that tell you? It should tell you that you're praying you might as well, like the Jews do, they go to the Wailing Wall and, and pray. What they're doing is talking to the wall. They're not talking to God. You're talking to the wall. And, and the Jews who go to Jerusalem and pray at the Wailing Wall do not realize that, that they, they believe that that's Solomon's temple we're at the Wailing Wall and point of fact historically if you go and read a history book you will see that that Wailing Wall does not and there was no King Solomon and that is not King Solomon's temple that is a Roman temple that was built by Rome called Fort Antonia go look it up in a dictionary Fort Antonia was built by the Romans And Fort Antonia has a big wall, and the Jews go to that wall and praying to their Saturnian god, Saturn. That's why Israel is is always at war and bloodshed and violence and all the corruptness of the world. It's because the, 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 the Saturnian worshipers are worshiping at a Roman temple, Fort Antonia, not Solomon's temple. It's interesting, then, when you look at
0: uh, the way we're being led to believe that the Jewish world is squaring off against the Muslim world then as well, because if you look at Mecca with its Saturnian symbolism as well, you mentioned the hexagon on Saturn a little bit earlier on. Yeah. And if you look at Mecca, an aerial view of Mecca and an aerial view that uh, Kassani sent back of Saturn, when the worshippers at Mecca are moving in a circular motion around the black cube. It looks for all the world. I mean, it's startling to see the similarities between the image of the giant moving hexagon on Saturn and Mecca itself. So you have two Saturnian so-called religions squaring off against each other supposedly in the name of their respective gods when quite simply it's the same god it's the same form of worship and it comes back to your point from earlier on about division and conquering your analogy of being in the prison and you're the only white guy in the prison it's that
1: divide and rule divide and conquer that's exactly right. That's why even in the Old Testament it talks about the Jews marched around Jericho seven times. They marched around Jericho counterclockwise seven times and then blew the horns and the walls of Jericho come falling down. Well, and the Israel archaeologists are, and paleontologists are writing in their books uh, it, that, that never happened because, because Jericho never had a wall. It never had a wall to start with. So it couldn't you couldn't knock down the walls of Jericho because Jericho never had a wall around it to start with. But the mere fact that the Jews will tell you in the old testament that they marched around Jerusalem seven I mean, marched around Jericho seven times. Well that's what the that's what they do Muslims. They march around Mecca. And that's exactly why is because it's the circle, the circling around the planet Saturn. And the Jews, uh, you know, uh, you know Saturn was referred to in the ancient world as the Lord of the Rings. Well, of course, Saturn is Lord of the Rings, where the Jews in Hollywood are still making movies about their God. They call it Lord of the Rings. Mm. Nobody seems to understand what's going on. Hollywood is being run by a handful of people who know exactly what they're doing. They are laying out a hidden plan. And boy, when you get into that, that's a whole subject that I know damn well about because I've lived in Hollywood for over 55, 56 years now. I know Hollywood. I know the people. I know the movie stars. I know the the studios. And when you begin to see the symbolism, the connections behind the scenes to the ancient uh, worship in the Middle East – the banking cartels in America and what the words are, you know, it's its an, uh, an incredible story, a betrayal. Uh, I think probably one of the worst offenders in America for propaganda that is absolutely horrible. I mean, I know all of Hollywood is horrible. I mean, they are still today. And Hollywood have uh, human sacrifices, child sacrifices, blood rituals, all kinds of dark, strange, dirty stuff going on in Hollywood. You have no idea in the world what's going on. But um, and you know what was his name? Uh, Stanley Kubrick tried in his last movie that he was killed because of. Stanley Kubrick was was killed because of the movie he made he died making the movie Um, Eyes Wide Shut if you saw Eyes Wide Shut it's the only movie I tried to watch three or four times and I get to the same spot and I turn it off because it's too real it's too frightening to me
0: yeah, it's it's an amazing movie and I mean some of the scenes that were then allegedly cut from the movie as well and it has quite obviously been cut when you study uh, the, the way it's oh, actually yeah. put together yeah. There are many, many shows we could do about that movie itself
1: Oh yeah Oh yeah You could talk for hours about that movie but but the point being is it was frightening to me. I, I watched it because I loved uh, his work. Everything he does is sensational. So I watched it. But I got to a certain point in the movie where the uh, where the older, sophisticated uh, guy has and, and um, Tom Cruise's wife, and he's dancing with her. This older, sophisticated European guy is dancing with her. I had to turn it off because this guy scares me. I mean, I don't know where they found this guy, but I mean, he's not an actor. This guy's real. He was scary, and I my gut just turned over. I know this is going to be a very, very dark and frightening movie. And the more I and then I go back and try and watch it again, because I'm well aware of how dirty this thing really is, and it's frightening to me. And uh, then when I then when I finally watched enough of it to see uh, Tom Cruise go to that. Mansion, which I am told, there was a Rothschild's mansion that they filmed it in. Mm-hmm. And um, to see that whole ritual, that sexual ritual going on, that was, I just couldn't watch it. I had to turn it off because that's exactly what's going on.
0: So you think that's rather than being some true. kind of analogy, you mean quite in a literal sense, that is what is going on within yeah. Hollywood, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Absolutely. No doubt about it. But it's not just the women it's, uh, it's you know it's involving children, young boys, all kinds of really frightening uh, stuff. I mean, you know, we've got in America, in Europe, we have snuff movies—they're called where they videotape children being raped and then killed, and on camera, and people pay uh, anywhere from twenty to thirty thousand dollars to be there to watch the child being killed. Uh, the, the, and I'm just telling you, the, the uh, uh, amount of demonic depravity which is now encircling the earth is so frightening. If you have no idea in the world what's really going on and how this stuff really works, and it's absolutely scary to be. I'm frightened to death to be in America right now. I'm frightened to death to be on, on the earth right now. I just hope that whatever there is in the universe. That men call God. I hope there's something there that will protect me, because I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm on the radar. Too many people know about me and what I've been talking about for years, and I fear for my life. I fear for my life in my own country. I'm frightened to death of my government and the people who run the government. I'm frightened to death of my for my life. Uh, you have no idea of of the of the morbid fear that I live in. And people will say to me, oh, well, you, you know, you're just living in fear. That's stupid. No, no. You wait till you know what I know. You wait till you've walked a mile in my shoes and been where I've been and know what I know before you tell me anything. I've been there. I know what's going on. I've seen it with my own eyes. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm highly respectful of the evil. I'm not messing with it. Because it is very bad. uh, John Kennedy, handsome, wealthy, uh, in the middle of power and could do anything he wants. And they killed him in front of everybody. And nobody went to jail. Nobody. Nobody ever went to prison. Nobody ever was found guilty. Zero. Killing a president of the United States and nobody had to pay for it. Well, that tells me how powerful the, the forces behind government really are. And so when you see all of these dunces and dimwits who are presidents of the country and presidents and prime minister of this and that and all these big important people, they're not important. Believe me. They can be killed at any time. Period. And so the only thing that keeps them protected is if they are doing what they're supposed to do. And if they ever get out of line, they're dead. Just like anybody else on the street. So... It's a, it's a horrible story, but it's a story that I believe needs to be told to the human race because if there is ever going to be, and I tend to think not, but if there's ever going to be a chance for the human race to survive and to clean up the earth and do something for the, for the people the young people coming along, you're going to have to know. you're going to have to understand. That's why government governments don't depend on opinions. They have CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, FBI, Investigation, Intelligence. Governments want to know. They don't want to believe nothing. They'll expect us to believe, mind you. Yeah. So the point being is that if you're going to live in this world, you better wake up and start reading and studying and understanding how this world really works, not how you thought it did. And start opening your mind to educate yourself, <clears throat> because nothing works the way you think it does, and I mean nothing. So, I don't know where to go with all this. We could talk for hours on this on these different subjects.
0: You have such a vast body of work out there, Jordan. Um, it might be prudent of us now at this point to start pointing in the direction of the work, because I'm sure there will be many, many people, and some people may be new to your information. I'm sure most people have, obviously seen quite a lot of your work already but what's the best place to go because some people get a little bit confused with your website because of course there are two Jordan Maxwell identities if you like online and it's interesting because it's it's almost a little bit ironic because we look at the hidden hand and we've spoken about it for the last hour and a half and we look at the reality of a situation and with regard to your online presence and the work that you've done there is some covert activity there which you can shed some light on now to direct people in the right (laughs) way.
1: You got that right. Covert is, is the word. I mean, <clears throat> first of all, my original website I had back in the year 1998, 99, I, I had some people put together a website for me called JordanMaxwell.com. <clears throat> and uh, that was back in 1999. And uh, today, uh, five years ago, I was I was down on my luck and, and – uh, I had nothing and it was going nowhere and yet I was putting out all kinds of videos for free on the web for free. And uh, so I I ran out of money and I had no place to live and so I had this young person, a young guy come to visit me and he said, oh my God, I I just love what you're doing. I wanna help you and he saw that I was broke and had nothing and oh, let me help you. And so I said, well, what I need is uh, my website I don't know anything about websites. I was 71 years old. I don't know anything about websites and these. Oh, I'll take care of that for you. Let me do that for you. I just love what you're doing. So I, I give him <clears throat> my website. I give him the pass, uh, the uh, the username and the and the password. And uh, immediately, the first thing he did was quietly behind the scenes. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, went into my website now that he's got the password and everything and he changed the uh, username and he changed the uh, the password so now he has the password and username it's his now I don't So I, and then he went into the back of my website the back uh, part and put his name as the owner his name as the person to contact he's the one that owns the website and never told me that. I didn't know that. And then I began to f- see that my, my emails were cut off. I'm not getting emails anymore. I used to get 50, 60, sometimes 100 a day. Now I'm getting nothing. Then I had some computer people help me, uh, That are friends of mine who were good in computers, and they found out, no, your website you don't own. This kid has now, he, he went into your website, and he owns the website. And he's changed the uh, email address and the, uh, redirected the email to himself. And also the uh, the bank account connected to the website, uh, he redirected that to his own self, to his self. And, and then uh, behind my back, I didn't know anything about it. He took all of my videos and books and all the stuff I've produced over the years And uh, registered him in Washington, D.C. as his. So he got copyrights on all of my work. So he owns all of my books and videos. All of my work is not owned by me. It's owned by him. The bank account, when money is people are buying videos and books and whatever on on my uh, old website, goes directly to his private bank account. And for five years, I've never seen a nickel. I don't have anything. I'm broke and with nothing. I live, in, I live with a friend because for the past you know, many years, I have nothing because he stole everything, all of it, my, my website, my email list, my products, my name. tried to trademark my name in Washington, D.C. to own my name, but the government wouldn't let him do that. They said, no, you can't own another man or his name. So thank God at least my government lets me keep my name. So he owns my website, my my bank account, my emails. He stole everything from me and left me broke with nothing. So for years I've been living with other people in their homes totally destitute with nothing. And yet continually I am being... uh, um, I'm being called names, all kinds of scurrilous stuff out there about me being a criminal and all kinds of stuff that is totally, absolutely not true at all. But, uh, you know, somebody out there in this world wants me out of the way, somebody is really scared to death of what I could do and what I know. And so there's obviously been a campaign around the world to destroy my name, my reputation, my work, to steal my money, to steal my website, to uh, to completely put me out of business. But God has allowed me to stay here. The universe has allowed me to at least continue to live, even though I live in fear, I live with nothing, I have enemies all around me, but I continue to do the work I do because at 75 years old, I just don't care anymore. I figure I'm leaving soon. I'll be gone, but at least when I go to the other side, if, and that's a big if, but if I have to make a a showing for myself and what I did, at least I can say I did the best I could to help my fellow man and you know but i realized i'm up against a dark force the same force that causes wars and violence and alcoholism and drug addiction and murder and all the other It's a very dark force and i am am absolutely up against a dark force so so when you see stuff out there about me, just remember, I'm just one man by myself living with somebody else in their home because I have no money. I have no place to go. Uh, I just do what I do because that's what I do. And I didn't realize, uh, you know, many years ago when I was doing what I was doing and and talking about these things, I didn't realize I'm making enemies I didn't realize that now I know I have made some very powerful enemies hmm. somebody wants me out of the way because they know that I know what, what's going on and I have uh, the ability to articulate what's happening to the world and somebody is, does not want that happening so just understand if you want to contact me if you want to support me or any donations or anything at all if you want to contact me Do not go to jordanmaxwell.com. That's my old website that was stolen from me. Go to my new website, jordanmaxwellshow, S-H-O-W, jordanmaxwellshow.com. That's me. And uh, it's a podcast, and I did about 35 shows, and then I was so harassed that I couldn't do any more shows I was being harassed I was being threatened Uh, it's an incredible war that's against going on against me so I I haven't been able to even do very many uh, you know podcasts even podcasts anymore because I'm continually at war with people threatening my life threatening my work so but if you want to contact me it's uh, jordanmaxwellshow.com but stay way away. From JordanMaxwell.com. That's not mine. So if you buy anything from there, or send any donations or anything, you're sending it to criminals who stole from me everything I've worked for. So just be aware of that and pass it around because I want people to know. And the reason I'm saying this is because I have a responsibility to tell the world that if you if you're purchasing materials or sending money or doing any business whatsoever with jordanmaxwell.com you are dealing with criminals so don't spend your money uh giving criminals money to buy their drugs and their fast cars so i have a responsibility to tell the world don't because i don't want to be a party to this i want people to know i have nothing to do with jordanmaxwell.com so if you you're being ripped off if you do anything with it, jordanmaxwell.com
0: it's testament to your strength of spirit and the individual that you are that you've managed to keep going and keep pushing your information even in the face of all that has gone on because I think it would have broken many a lesser man and I think you're to be commended for that so it's uh, it's very important that that information is out there and of course you are still active and you are still engaging with people on a daily basis and you're continuing to research and do you think there's any kind of light or flicker of hope for humanity as a whole, despite um, all of what you've said. And many people might turn around and they say, oh, well, Jordan Maxwell, he's so negative when he spoke to John and alchemy and it's all doom and gloom. But I see it slightly differently. And let me know if I'm correct in my summation of what it is you've said. But I think it's far more important that people are realistic about what's going on. And while A lot of information might be very uncomfortable for all of us to consume. It's very important that we don't shy from that just because it may be perceived as negative, because it's not negativity for the sake of being negative. I think an alcoholic can't ever recover from the disease of alcoholism unless they're aware of the fact that they have the problem in the first place. And I think that applies in this case. Would you see it that
1: way? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not... You know, I jokingly say that the only light at the end of the tunnel is a train coming. But in point of fact, I, you know, you'd have to be in my shoes. You'd have to be where I have been. You'd have to have the experiences of being around the world in company of incredible people and, and, and incredibly dark things uh, that I have been uh, in the involved in and been around to see them. And I know what's going on. And so I'm not being negative. I'm for the first time as an adult trying to teach my fellow man and awaken in my fellow man the reality of the dark world that we live in. I'm trying to explain to you it is not uh, what you think it is. It's not a television game. It's not a TV show. Uh, You know, the real world are people starving, sleeping under bridges. Uh, children being kidnapped and murdered, wars going on, biker gangs and motorcycle gangs killing each other, and and alcoholism and drug addiction and and pollution all over the world, and all of the sadistic stuff going on in movies and television. I'm very realistic. I'm not. I'm not interested in Pollyanna stories and going to church and being happy and drinking a beer and being happy. No, I am realistic. I've been around the world. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm I'm doing what I believe is right. You know, like the scripture talks about the man on the wall, the, the watcher on the wall. If you're a sentry in the military and you are given the duty to stay awake at night to while every, others are sleeping, you are there to make sure that if anything happens, you let everybody know. That's what I'm doing. So I'm making sure that I am telling the world what's really going on. And it's evil, it's very dirty, and it's extremely demonic. And so you can go on and you know, watch your television shows and drink your beer and think I am, uh, I am being very negative. But one day you're going to find out. One day you're going to awaken to the fact that this world has not what you think it is. That your religion does not connect you with God at all. It's man-made corporation. Your government does not represent you at all. Like George Carlin says, you know, it's a big club and you ain't in it. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm trying to awaken my fellow man to the real seriousness. If you care about your children your grandchildren, your wife or your husband, if you care about your family, then you better wake up and find out what's really going on on this earth and how it works. Because there's wars and bloodshed everywhere and it's getting worse by the day. And so people are praying to God. I said that before, I'll say it again. All over the world, people are praying to God, nothing's changing, it's just getting worse. And the reason why is because the gods they pray to are man-made, has nothing to do with the real spirituality of the universe, nothing at all. It's just religion. So um, I'm trying to awaken my fellow man to look at the world the way it actually really is. Because nothing is going to change unless we change, unless the human race wakes up where we've been ahead. So I do the best I can. And I realize, uh, I I knew going into this many years ago, people don't want to hear the truth, but somebody's got to do it, and I've been doing it all my life, so at this point, I'm not going to stop. I'm just shouting from the housetop, wake up, people. The world is not what you think it is. On my website, JordanMaxwellShow.com, on my website, you will see a button that says Research Society. All that is is just another website I've had a friend put together for me because I don't know anything about websites at 75 years old. But I've got a website now called Research Society, and all it is is just a website with all of my work on it. I'm putting all the documents, pictures, all kinds of information on where to go to find this, where to go to find that, who to listen to, who not to listen to, uh, and so I'm just slowly but surely downloading all of my years of research onto a new research website because I'm keeping it private. I don't want my work to be public anymore. The only thing public now is just radio shows. But my work and I'm taking it private because too many people don't appreciate What I'm doing, I've got a lot of detractors and people who call me names. So I'm just giving my work now to people who want to know, people who care about me and my work. And so if you want to see the real stuff that I'm talking about, the documents, pictures, diagrams, I mean, how it all works, it's on a new website called Research Society. and it's So you just go on my podcast, JordanMaxwellShow.com, and click on the pod, uh, click on the uh, research society, and join. Uh, I'm, uh, it's only thirty dollars for you for a lifetime subscription for life. And I'm giving you more in the first uh, ten minutes than you have ever been given by the world. Period. I'm giving it all to you. I'm giving you a lifetime subscription because I'm just pouring stuff on there every day, new documents, new pictures, new articles. So, and the only reason I'm charging any, and the only reason I'm asking for a donation at all is because I have to pay the the web people and to pay the webmaster and pay the people to keep my website up. I don't have any money. I'm broke. All my money was stolen. So in order to keep my website up, go on uh, go on Jordan Maxwell Show and click on Research uh, Society, and it's just a new website with all my work on it. So if you're interested in my kind of stuff, there. Know, there's where to go but stay away from jordanmaxwell.com the conversation we've had for the last two hours jordan reminds me of a
0: phrase i'm not sure who said it but it sprung to mind several times and that's that birds born in a cage think flying is an illness <laughs> and i think that rings so true and i think you're somebody who managed to open the door to the cage at a very early age and i think you have carried the message through right through to your 76th year now yep. that's incredible and I think so. the onus is on so many more of us now to start picking away at the bars and the locks of those cages because I think we're here to fly we're not there to sit in a cage humanity totally- is not meant to sit there and I hope that more and more people will continue to listen to the message and to the wisdom that you espouse and have done over the past 50 or 60 years and will be directed to the correct website, of course, and will continue to take value from the work that you do. I must say, it's been a huge pleasure and an honour for me to speak to you. It's been something I've been looking forward to for quite some time. I really thank you for your time. I'm aware of uh, the strain that it is to speak at length for two hours Uh, for anybody, um, for me, Never mind for you. So I really appreciate it. And there's a phrase that we have on the show here, and I think it applies to your message as well. That's I have the power. You have the power. We have the power. Jordan Maxwell, it's been fantastic. Thank you for joining me on Alchemy. Well,
1: thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Alchemy. Remember, we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising-free format and are very grateful for any help you can offer. There's no fixed cost on donations, and it all helps. So, for example, if you could spare even the price of that by now famous cup of coffee every month, it would go a long, long way towards helping us out and keeping us afloat. The donate button is on the website, and our heartfelt thanks to everybody who has donated and helped and supported recently. We really couldn't do it without you. Don't forget the Truth Seeker app for all... your alternative media needs. So, until the next time, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Alchemy. Alchemy. Mother,
2: mother, there's too many of you to cry, brother, 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 for all in love can oh, conquer. Hate. You, you know, know we've got to find a way to bring, to bring some love in the today day. Pick it and pick it Don't punish me Sister. with brutality. Sister. Talk to me Sister. so you can see. By the things we went wrong. Oh, but who would they judge us? Simply cause our hands wrong. Oh, you know we can't. Drink some of us that did the day. Oh, oh, oh. Pick it black and pick it sound. Don't punish me. Every brutality brother, Come on, talk brother, to me brother, You can see what's going, on. what's going on Yeah, what's going on Tell me what's going on I'll tell you what's going on Right, right on, right on Right on
0: I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Alchemy Remember we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising free format and are very grateful for any help you can offer. There's no fixed cost on donations and it all helps. So for example, if you could spare even the price of that by now famous cup of coffee every month, it would go a long, long way towards helping us out and keeping us afloat. The donate button is on the website and our heartfelt thanks to everybody who has donated and helped and supported recently. We really couldn't do it without you. Don't forget the truth seeker app for all your alternative media needs. So until the next time, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Alchemy. Alchemy. Care. Alchemy. Alchemy. Will. Intelligence.
2: Imagination. Alchemy.